Microsoft's adding a lot of touch features to Windows 11, but why now? Happy Friday, friends! It has been, it's been an interesting week. Well, we're not going to touch on the major political things in the world. I hope your week was a good week. Well, as, as best as a possible week. We've definitely had better weeks on this planet. But we are not here to talk about the politics. We're here to talk about the Windows and the Microsofts and everything in between. Sort of in between, but whatever. Uh, things going on this week, quite a bit. Uh, we're going to kick it off with the most important news. The most important news Everybody's been waiting for this. It's been the top requested feature out of Microsoft for decades, decades. Microsoft's finally doing it. They're finally launching a LinkedIn podcast network. I know everybody's really excited about this. You can have your favorite influencer talking about their, their life business goals, whatever. Uh, but Microsoft did launch a podcast network on LinkedIn, and they're basically dishing it out to influencers. I'm sure it'll eventually expand to, to the peasants and everybody else. But um, it's not, honestly, it's not surprising. There was a real big sort of explosion when Clubhouse came onto the scene. Then there's like Twitter Spaces and there's Facebook whatevers and there's Instagrams, this and that. And LinkedIn was missing out. And a lot of people were expecting them to launch a very similar thing. And they kind of sort of did. I actually think a podcast network is probably the right approach for LinkedIn. A little bit surprising. It took this long for something like that to materialize. But either way, you can go get your business podcast on over on the LinkedIn's. Uh, U.S. Bank also announced they are partnering with Microsoft to move to Azure. And by partnering, I mean they're just going to be paying Microsoft to use Azure. But anyways, uh, that was a big win for Microsoft, and they celebrated that triumphantly. Now, Windows 11. We'd love to talk about... We. I love to talk about Windows 11 because there's a lot going on. There's interest. There's enthusiasm. There's excitement. And Microsoft pushed out another build of Windows 11 this week, and it had some taskbar improvements that are basically optimized for tablet mode. It will kind of compact down and just show just the basics. Now, if you pair that with the touch gestures that Microsoft announced with the last build where you can swipe up and open up the start menu, you kind of start to get a real nice little tablet experience back on Windows again, which is great. It's been something that's been missing. And so there's also uh, updates to widgets that are now more dynamic. And, and so I know that's everybody's favorite thing. And, that, and also Snap Assist will also show your, I believe it's five most recent Edge tabs. And remember, Microsoft lets you alt-tab to, uh, to Edge Windows. They do that with a child process. It's actually kind of interesting how they do it. But either way, uh, they let you now alt-tab. And now Snap Assist, I don't know why I'm virtually touching in the air, will let you access those tabs as well to snap them wherever you may please. Now, the reason why I find all this touch stuff so interesting or whatever is okay microsoft hasn't really put out a touch first device in a long time now people are going to chime in and say but brad they have the surface pro and that is a tablet and you are right that is a tablet and guess what it hasn't had a tablet interface in a long time so why now why now does suddenly the surface pro which is almost universally exclusively used with a type cover so it's it's more like a laptop with a touch screen. The, the, the attach rate, as they call it in the industry, of that keyboard cover being sold with the Pro is extremely high. So most people are using it in that capacity. I know people use it with their finger. I use mine with my finger. But it's not a tablet first thing. It's not like an iPad. And then all of a sudden, here comes Microsoft and bada bing, bada boom, releases. They've got basically a great tablet interface, or at least even if it's not great, it now exists and is far more usable all of a sudden now than it was through all of Windows 10. Like all five, six years of Windows 10, whatever, we don't really need a tablet interface. And all of a sudden, why now? Why now? Well, let's not forget about the Surface Neo. Microsoft has 
ambitions to build proper Windows tablets. And in fact, their partners were very, very upset with them when they kind of shaboodled them with shaboodle is a technical term that I just made up. Uh, I've been using it for all of today. And anyway, shaboodled them with the, look at the Lenovo X1 Fold, a folding window screen device would have worked great with the software that would have shipped with the Surface Neo, but the Surface Neo never materialized and Lenovo is out there going, well, we've got a little foldy thing without a great interface. And all of a sudden, Microsoft is now shipping an interface that would have been great on the Surface Neo. And well, on the Lenovo X1 Fold and similar devices, you now are getting a proper experience. Granted, you're going to be waiting a couple, well, I was going to say weeks, more than likely months. We don't quite know when Microsoft's going to ship this stuff. Um, but either way, it brings back the question of, is Microsoft ever going to ship a true foldable? Because if the Surface Neo, which is not dead, but it does not have a, a, a release date, and I believe they have a version floating around with updated specs um, at this point. But if the Surface Neo is going to exist, it's going to need features that are shipping in this next next or current build on the Windows Insider dev channel. So just sort of keep that in mind that Microsoft... While they're not talking about that, they're certainly now building out the OS experience that is needed for true foldables in the PC space, despite the fact that you can go buy foldables that don't have a great PC experience right now. Uh, so anyways, there you go. That is, it's something to keep an eye on. And these are the things, they don't keep me up at night. They keep me pondering in the evening because it's like, man, if Microsoft was building all this stuff out, when are they going to ship a device that truly is going to take advantage of it? And maybe we will see it sooner rather than later. Also, speaking of Windows 11, there's a, the watermark fiasco sort of raised a lot of weird hype about people getting upset and angry. I still just continue to think Microsoft, for, okay, for those who aren't aware, uh, Microsoft put out a watermark on the desktop. It's basically says if your machine isn't capable of running Windows 11, uh, you need to start thinking about making it hardware that makes makes sense. Either way, you can't officially run Windows 11, even, just, even though you are running it just fine. Uh, I, I realistically think Microsoft is just putting out all the signage they can because eventually I think someday they might cut you off. I, I strongly believe that they might do that because they're being more aggressive now. Again, much like the tablet experience of why now? Why did they wait until now to do this? Hmm, probably because I think they see out in the future there's going to be a timeline where you can say, look, these devices are no longer supported. Good luck. So just keep that in mind. Uh, Microsoft's CloudNox permission management is also now available in public preview. If you recognize what I just said there, congratulations. Uh, you are definitely on the IT side of life. But those permissions are now public preview. I would expect that we would see them in general availability probably in about four months is typically how Microsoft rolls when it comes to this sort of thing. So not a ton of news sort of packaged into this week, although we are starting to get some inklings of what's going to be happening with Intel's mobile chips when it comes to 12th gen. Uh, we've got some Mobile World Congress stuff coming up, and we're going to start to see a lot of stuff hitting the market here, uh, or at least being announced. I can't exactly say when it's going to hit the market, but just keep that in mind. On to the gaming news. Uh, big, and this affects me personally, big Call of Duty shakeup, according to the Bloombergs, that they are not going to be shipping a Call of Duty title next year. Not not this year. This year we're going to get, I believe it's going to be Modern Warfare 2 and Warzone 2, but next year the title being built by Treyarch is not going to ship and that is a massive change. We've pretty much, I believe since like 2005, we've had a Call of Duty every single year, and that's about a billion dollars every fall. And maybe this is an Activision's problem. Uh, you got to remember, Microsoft is going to be buying them. And so clearly they have a plan, but obviously Vanguard has not worked out. Vanguard is just not my cup of tea. We are all so tired of World War II. It was great the first time, and then they rehashed it like 17 times. And it's just it's just not there. It's just not cutting the cheese anymore. And so I think I, the, the thing that trips me up about this, and this is what trips me up is 
Treyarch should have been building, if you know history is repeating itself, a Black Ops title. That is typically how it works. My hope, my hope here, and I don't know have any insight. My hope would be that they are abandoning their engine and just going to stick with the Modern Warfare engine, and that's just going to be the engine going forward. Because right now Treyarch has its own engine. That's why those games always felt a little bit different. And so when you played it, it was a somewhat of a jarring experience to go from Warzone to over to Treyarch or, or to Black Ops or Cold War or whatever the last one was because of how uh, the, the engines were different. It was like the same, but different. And so I'm hoping that maybe the delay means like, hey, we're going to switch the engines over. We're just going to have one engine going forward for all of Call of Duty titles, and that would be fantastic. Either way, that's a big deal. That is a really big deal. More so, it, maybe it means that they are really bullish on what Modern Warfare is going to be, Modern Warfare 2 or whatever they're shipping this fall, is going to actually play out and be really, really popular. I would be perfectly fine with that. I still think Modern Warfare, the one uh, a couple of generations ago, is still like the best title. So... Either way, we will see. It's going to have to last two years. I think with Warzone and everything else, they're not going to go under. I think they'll have plenty of content, and so at least they're they're bringing things back. Uh, speaking of crushing it, even though I wasn't speaking of crushing it, Elden Ring reviews across the board are phenomenal, and, and that's awesome. That is really awesome to hear for multiple reasons. One... I keep trying to think, like, if I should do a video on, like, the fall game release was kind of a downer. Kind of a downer. Okay, so we had Battlefield Battlefield 2042 came out. It was a dumpster fire. We had Vanguard come out, and it was less than spectacular by everything. We had Caldera on Warzone launched as a bug-filled mess. We had Halo come out, which came out pretty strong, and then it sort of has weaned itself off because of an anemic update and content pace, which is what we all kind of have been accustomed to. We're used to this Destiny 2 model where we get a big drop of content every couple months, and Halo has already launched with a small package of content, and they haven't expanded it out, and they've been struggling. Not as bad as 2042, uh, but Halo's definitely got its own and very real challenges uh, going forward. Really, the best game I think that launched in the fall was that like from a complete perspective was Forza Horizon by far without a doubt but anyway so you have all those titles that just kind of did math and then Elden Ring comes out today or this week and just crushes it and crushes it 10 out of 10s across the board and I'll be fully transparent this isn't my type of game it doesn't mean I'm not, I still might play it just because the, the ratings are so high my problem is I don't typically like third person shooters it's nothing or third person games like it just in general and so it's nothing against Elden Ring the game is very clearly going to be a huge success for for them or from from software and I'm happy for them. I'm happy that we're getting a massive blockbuster just right when the industry probably needs it the most. Uh, and, and good for them. I, I'm ex I'm very excited that they were able to do that. Uh, Bethesda also announced it's retiring its PC game launcher. This is probably a good thing. One less launcher to rule them all. They're moving all their content over to Steam. Keep in mind that keep in mind this is a close Microsoft relationship, and by very close I mean it is Microsoft. Uh, and so. They're putting it all their stuff onto Steam, and it's just one less place you have to deal with and update and everything else. And finally, on the Xbox side, Twitch streaming is now available on your console, or will be available soon, depending on where you are in the rings and in the world. Uh, it will be coming back natively to the Xbox. It's like, what's old is new. Again, remember, it used, I you used to be able to stream to Twitch. Then they bought Mixer, and they said, nope. And then now they brought it back because they said, whoop, we made a mistake. And so, anyways, uh, that is your news of the week in a nutshell and of course we also have the questions of the week which are by far 
my favorite part. So Bish Bash says, Surface, ooh, Surface Lap, Surface Laptop Studio 2. Wow, here we go. Uh, what are we thinking? 16-inch uh, updated display tech, uh, Sharp, or and something else, RTX 4000 GPU 2023 release. It's a little far out to be talking Surface Laptop Studio 2, but I, I would be surprised if they changed the size initially. I don't think that they would come out with a bigger version because the version that they have now is kind of in the middle of like a small laptop and a large laptop, and it's already pretty chunky, although I love my Surface Laptop Studio. It is probably the best laptop that I've ever used. Um, I don't think your specs are probably going to be too far off. I would, so the one, the one hiccup that I have in my head when I look at RTX 4000 GPU is that Microsoft typically doesn't take the bleeding edge stuff on this. And that's just been their thing. So it wouldn't surprise me if actually it does ship in 2023 and it's a 12th gen Intel chip with a 30 or 3000 series, uh, GPU. I, that will be about a, a generation behind and that's kind of how Microsoft has rolled in that space but I would not expect anything massive um, at least yet Miggy um, says how many years do you think Windows 11 will be around I read some artos, articles this week that Windows wasn't doing or Windows wasn't doing very well talking about the low quality of users on Windows 11 so Windows 11 definitely has a smaller user base than Windows 10 I, I speak that with a, a high degree of confidence mostly because you not everybody can move to Windows 11 now we don't, I don't think we truly have an end date for Windows 11. Typically, Microsoft has supported an OS for 10 years. So you can do 10 years from when it launched. And that should give you a rough thing. Uh, I think some of it will come down to Windows, Windows 12 come about. Now, there was, I think it was Swift on security. Uh, or Taylor, <laughs> whatever. That Twitter account, if you're familiar with what I'm talking about, tweeted out a joke that Windows 12 would... He would require two TPM chips. It was a complete joke, and some publications pick it up that Microsoft was getting ready to announce Windows 12. I do believe we will get a Windows 12. We are not going to get it immediately. It's not. I would be shocked if it's something that they ship this year. That would be, that would be kind of outrageous, to be honest. Um, it would be unprecedented, but who knows? Who knows? Microsoft has done crazier things. But uh, I would expect. Typically, they support an OS like that for 10 years, and that's what I would expect. And that's why the the. That's why Windows 10 is kind of an oddball because there's only like three years left because they kept it in market for so long without a new release. So I'm not sure if they're actually going to extend Windows 10 lifeline on the shelf, if you get what I'm saying. Uh, JNBCK says, things got nostalgia this week on Windows Weekly on Wednesday. Do you have a favorite era from your days reporting on Microsoft? Uh, favorite Windows.net or gaming moments? There are so many that are just fantastic. Like one of the highlights was easily the the announcement of hololens now hololens you can it can be you can judge it yourself on on the future or how well it has performed since then but microsoft really went all in on this hololens demo and presentation and really kind of pulled it out and shocked a lot of people and i think that was one of the the very few times that i was genuinely surprised by a microsoft announcement i mean for for better for worse even still to this day i have a good feeling of what things are coming but that was one that I was truly like not expecting at all and was genuinely sort of in that kid in a candy store type moment where it's like wow like wow we did not see this coming uh and then the uh, the the demo following that which I know Microsoft says it still has the same field of view but I 
I've and maybe it's just memory doing weird memory things, but when they did the the prototype kit, which was a backpack that you had to wear and this like clamshell claw looking matrixy headset thing, and then they did this demo on Mars, and it I I vague it definitely felt like the field of view was wider than what we ended up getting in the shipping product. And maybe that's just my memory, whatever. But that was that was incredible where they put you in a room, strapped you in this thing, and you felt like you were on Mars. I mean, the closest that I will ever get to Mars unless they do that teleportation. Um, that was one of them. The other one, at least from a personal perspective, which was my first major scoop, which was the Surface uh, RT2. I had the spec sheets and everything else. And that's when that's when my career in the Microsoft world took a turn, at least for more towards like the the out out there as an individual. I don't know how to explain it, but like as a as a Microsoft person who's trusty and reliable because the Surface RT, nobody really scooped. I still remember DigiTimes. Um, you can go to read a, read a book about it. It's called Beneath the Surface. I wrote it. Uh, how they were actually the only publication to actually scoop that Microsoft was working on a tablet. But RT2, I had the whole spec sheet and a bunch of their announce, announcement stuffs at that time. And it really sort of turned my career in that world, if you will. And so there's there's so many. So many. The Windows 10 launch was another great one. Windows 8, crazy as that was. That All the major launches are always fun just to see how Microsoft comes out and positions them. Um, another like personal favorite memory, and I know I've told this story a million times, but when I, again, put myself in my own ego box, whatever. HoloLens 2, I scooped that it was, it was quote-unquote canceled, but really it was just kind of delayed, right? They canceled the second version and made it so they weren't going to ship it, and then they were going to go to the third version, and so they, they canceled it. And so I knew this. I knew that they weren't going to build the hardware. They weren't canceling the project. They weren't going to build the hardware. And I pinged Microsoft trying to get comments, and we'd gone back for many, many times because they didn't want to acknowledge it. And I kept saying, like, this is the headline I'm running. Microsoft cancels HoloLens too. Uh, and technically, that was not wrong. It was not wrong. They canceled what was going to be HoloLens 2. They were not going to ship it. But they weren't giving up on HoloLens. They were just they were getting that product out of the way so they didn't have to support it and maintain it. And they were getting HoloLens 3 just bringing up the timeline. And so we kept going back and forth. And it was a Sunday at like 2 o'clock or maybe somewhere around there. I'm out golfing on my favorite local watering hole. And I get a call from a good friend at Microsoft. And we talked about it for about like an hour. And there was a tree on the hole. And I refer to that as the HoloLens tree or the Greg tree if Greg is happening to be listening. Uh, the Greg tree because that's where we had that conversation where I finally got the rest of the information out. And the rest of my golfing buddies were all pissed at me because I was talking on the phone while we were supposed to be golfing, uh, which is understandable. But like there's so many things like that just that have happened over the year. Or I'll end on my favorite one, my favorite one of all time. The Surface Mini debacle. This is again in the book. There's more details about it. But Microsoft was supposed to launch a Surface Mini. They were supposed to launch one. We had all the details. This is Surface Pro 3. Or when they launched, I believe, the Surface Pro 3, there's supposed to be a Surface Mini with it. And they had, like, I eventually got my hands on one at one point. Like, this thing existed. And then Microsoft never announced it. And after this event, like, we're talking right after. We're talking, like, 30 minutes later. Like, everyone's on the show. We're like, aha, we got you guys. We thought you were all going to launch a Mini. And look, we didn't even launch a Mini. It was just, we, we pulled a fast one on you. And so we're like, yeah, okay, yeah, whatever. This doesn't really make sense, whatever. So we know we're doing our writing. And then Microsoft sends out the the press kits for the Surface Pro 3 and just splattered all over the press kit is the word Surface Mini. It's like, this pen will work on the Surface Pro 3 and the Surface Mini. Like, it was just a complete, like, oh, guys, you said you weren't going to launch a Surface Mini. Why does all your documentation you just sent to the press reference the Surface Mini? It was It was fantastic. And uh, yeah, so many, there's just so many stories like that. 
Uh, Mr. PKI coming in with two questions. He says, let's mix it up this week with a little bit different question. You talk a lot about Xbox and Windows, but are there other cool apps outside of Word, Excel, PowerPoint, Outlook, Teams? I'll add Power BI to that because I've been using a lot of Power BI lately that people might be missing out and should check out. Well, okay, so major caveat. Some of these come from the company and, and products that I, I work on the teams that build them. So Start11 is a good one, um, but not, not as many people know about Fences. Fences is actually our most popular product by a, by a huge market margin over many other things that we do. So check out Fences. Other things that are actually free, ShareX is a fantastic screenshot tool. This is a tool that it's probably like one of the third, second or third apps I install on any PC. Uh, is it, It's completely free. It is fantastic and I use it all the time. If you're getting into video editing, uh, DaVinci Resolve is a legitimately Hollywood style premiere video application and it is completely free. It is, it is an industry standard. It's right up there with Adobe. Uh, it is a high quality tool in between ShareX and that tool. Uh, those are great ways. Just, I mean, they're free apps. Another one that I use all the time is screen to GIF. That is, that is the name. It does exactly what you want. If you've ever seen me create a GIF and then share it on the Twitters, you, that's how I do it. It's a little tool. You open it up and you select a portion of the screen. You hit record, you do the actions, you hit stop. There's a little editor and you can make a GIF out of it. Then you can tweak parameters to try to make it smaller. Cause Twitter, I think it's 15 megs. You can only upload. So you got ShareX, you've got uh, DaVinci Resolve and then a screen to GIF. Those are great ones. And then another one that I know I've talked about here that I now use for note-taking and sort of organizational personal stuff is Notion. Now, it, they do have a free version. This feels, um, it, it feels like, Notion feels like what Evernote should have become. Everybody, well, most people probably remember Evernote and thanks to Evernote, Microsoft started giving a crap again about OneNote because Evernote was was creeping up and, and taking market share and taking dollars off the table and Microsoft had OneNote. They said, well, we should make OneNote not be terrible. And so they put too much effort into it and whatever. And then Evernote has sort of kind of, it's still around, but it's not nearly what it once was, but because it, it feels like it, it didn't evolve in the same rate. And so in my regard, or my opinion, Notion ha is what Evernote should have become, but didn't have the vision to get there. And so um, those are a bunch that I, I just literally opened up my start menu and said, what am I using? And so these are a bunch of the ones that I do. And then he also asked, whoops, Mr. Peek, I also asked, he says, since you love all the questions, I do. I, I genuinely love questions. This is my favorite part of the week. I could not resist asking never. Have you found any great apps? Oh, in the Amazon, Amazon Android app store, uh, this is worth previewing on Windows 11. So the only one that I have opened up is the is working with Kindle products. Like that's really about it. Other than that, I am not, I don't have a strong desire to tackle this. Um, mostly because I haven't found an app that's not available other than, um, things like Kindles. Now, the only one that I should say that does have my interest, but I don't know if it's in there actually is a Sonos app. The windows PC Sonos app is not great. It's not great, but if I could get it through the Android app store from Amazon, that might actually be one that I would be worth, uh, tempted to use. And then Paul Gatha wrapping it up. He says, uh, with Microsoft working on windows 11 and making it more feature rich, what do you think Microsoft's next initiative should be to make windows more friendly for the consumer oriented platform? Or what do you think is still missing from windows? So here's where it gets a little interesting because on part of my brain is like, stop touching it. Like just make it stable, 
make it awesome and just stop stop touching it stop touching it because every once in a while we get some bad bugs or whatever part of me is also like man like you can't give up on this it's windows windows is windows and windows is great and we don't want you to to mess it up i do think that the feature inclusion will scale down here soon i i've heard that a, a bit uh, microsoft is really shoving a lot in there and i think all of this is probably content that was cut to make sure that they could hit their shipping deadline the things that i would like to see microsoft do more is honestly on the widget side so they have this widget flyout, they have it on the taskbar but I'd love to be able to put it on the desktop. I know that's a real Vista thing, but I like the Vista gadgets at the end of the day. Now, the security vulnerabilities that came with that stuff because Microsoft poorly implemented them, that's a whole other conversation. But the widgets that Microsoft including, I would love to see them allow you to put it on the desktop. I think that should be the next evolution of widgets. I don't know if they're going to get there. I understand that it's a bit, it's not that it's technical. I mean, it is a bit challenging some just knowing what I know about Windows at this point. Uh, but that would be my next big initiative that I'd like to see Microsoft do, but we will see. I don't know. Um, I got I got to put a caveat this. So we have a version of Start 11 that does the ungrouping on the taskbar. I'll be curious to see if Microsoft actually brings that back. We fully, we're building it fully expecting that Microsoft will do that eventually. Uh, I know a lot of people want that. Here's one of the, here's, Here's the, the rationale why I think Microsoft may not, at least not by default at the end of the day, by default. Because right now, with the start menu and everything else in the center, ungrouping gets unwieldy, like really quick. Like we, we played around with it. It didn't quite, it, it was messy. We didn't like the experience. So the only way ungrouping works is if you slam that button over to the left side, which Microsoft is not doing by default. They are trying to get the users, everybody experienced that, hey, in the middle is the new whatever. Uh, that's the new default. This is how you got to learn to use Windows again. We're making it more like the Mac, and that's just the way that it is. And so part of me thinks that if they put the ungrouping in, well, I know it's highly requested, it goes against the grain of what they're trying to do with Windows 11 with their your widgets in the bottom left and the start menu in the center. So I don't know if they truly will bring it back. That's just some more rationale. Um, that I've been thinking about. It wouldn't surprise me though, that if they just bury it deep in the settings, like look, if you want it, here it is, uh, either way. So we'll see, we will see if they bring it back. We're playing around with some uh, concepts of how to expand that functionality, but we will see those won't ship for, for quite a while. Either way, that wraps it up, my friends. That wraps it up. We will see what has the weeks ahead. We are heading towards the end of winter, at least here in the Northern hemisphere, which makes me quite happy. We're getting longer sun rays and we're getting, yeah, it's getting warmer slightly, slightly. It's going to be a while before it gets warm. Either way, makes me happy. I like sunshine. Hopefully you do too. And we'll catch all of you right back here next week.